right. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I just cannot get away from this. It just keeps coming up in my spirit, and I figured I needed to say this uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but the Bible says, don't make room for the devil. Don't make room for the devil. And you wonder, what does that mean? How, nobody's going to make room for the devil. But we do, with what you say and what you prepare yourself for. Say, for example, you might feel just one sneeze. Don't you ever say, just a sneeze, don't you ever say, I'm about to catch the flu. Guess what you're doing? You are preparing yourself. You've made room. You've made room. You fight back. Amen? That's not for me. That's not my inheritance. I'm not receiving that. I need to make you know, I need to let you know this. Everything is spiritual. Everything has a spiritual uh, uh, application to it. Everything, whether it's money, poverty, death, everything is spiritual. Everything that you is spiritual. What's happening in your home, whether there's fighting, whatever it is. It's spiritual, and you can take control of it in the spirit realm if you, if you understand. Don't make room for the devil. When things are happening, don't prepare yourself for something bad that's going to happen to you because you see the signs. Don't get yourself ready for it. That's making room for the enemy. And I can't cover the whole area, but don't make room. Oh, I, I don't have enough time to study. I'm just going to fail this exam. No. You're making room. Say something different. Do your best. He'll take the rest. Amen? Do what you can do. He'll take care of the rest. I don't know why I'm thinking this, but one of my roommates in college told me, good luck, I just want to pray for a B. If I can only make a B, I'll be happy. And I said to him, why are you praying for a B? That's a bad grade now, kid. <laughs> I said, why don't you pray for an A? Let's have God's going to give you an A. He looked at me like, you lost your mind. But prayer anyway. He got an A. Oh yeah, he was shocked. But he got an A. But I was not in his class. I could care less. I didn't know what he was going through. But we can trust God. Amen? And we have a God that is really alive. The rest of the world may not know there is a God. But I know God is. There is God. He's there. He's a person. He has a relationship with you as a father to you. He's there. Many times I have to remind myself. You don't see him, so there is a tendency to think, where is God? He's there. He's very intimate. He knows everything that's happening in your life. There is not anything that happens that he doesn't notice. He knows, he knows everything, all the details. He knows things in your life that you don't even know. So he says to rest. And we're coming to that tonight, to rest. Amen? That's very important. So I'm going to go to my messages. Redeemed 
by grace. Redeemed by grace. Grace is the power that's behind our redemption. Grace is what frees us. But like I said last week, you can actually increase the power of grace in your life. That's what we're talking about tonight. Let's look at God's grace at work in the life of Paul. I want to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 9 through 10. Look at what Paul says. For I am the least of the apostles. Grace will do that. Grace will make you feel that way. It says, for I am the least of the apostles. If we don't say that in our time. We say Paul was one of the greatest apostles. He didn't see himself that way. We'll come into that. He said, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle. I don't deserve it. And remember what I said, no one with grace in his life deserves it. No one deserves grace. It's given to us freely and we receive grace by faith. And that faith is not your own. You think that's not your own making. That came from God through the word of God. And I said last week, faith is wrapped in the word of God. And as you listen to the word of God, that faith that is seated in the word of God is unwrapped and you have faith. As soon as faith is released, the power of grace is released over your life. And grace is that transforming power that removes shame from our lives. Take, there is nothing evil that can stand the power of grace. Nothing evil, nothing deadly can handle the power of grace. No addiction can handle the power of grace. No sin can handle the power of grace. Once grace is released, that's over. No sickness, no disease can handle the power of grace from God. When God shows mercy, that thing is over. So Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. I, I know what I did. That's the thing. We don't forget, but we are grateful that we're forgiven. Grace helps us to remember where we are coming from. We never forget. And for that reason, we are thankful. But then he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. That great apostle. It was by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. So he was what he was because of the grace of God. If you read human history, he spoke, he said to us that the number one, apart from Jesus, the number one person that has influenced the history of the world more than anybody else, Paul, the apostle, nobody else. So he says, I am what I am. By the grace of God, you will be whatever you become on this earth by the grace of God. The more grace you have in your life, the more effective you are in this realm, in this world, and in the kingdom of God. The more grace you have in your life. So he said, I am what I am by the grace. 
and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. He was aware. He was working more than all of them. Yet not I. It wasn't himself. He understood it. It wasn't me. But the grace of God that is at work. But the grace of God which was in me. So if you have the grace of God, you not only have the power, you have the wisdom to do whatever God has assigned you to do. Now, every one of you has been given an assignment by God. You have your assignment. And you complete that assignment only through the grace of God. There is no boasting. There is no feeling better than the other person. You know everything that you are is by the grace of God. I, in my heart, I, there is no, no matter what you tell me, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you've done, I don't feel better than anybody else. There is no need to compare myself with anybody else. We're all under this grace. And that grace of God is so powerful towards us. No matter where you are struggling, God can help and God will help. So you become what you are by the grace of God. If you're going to be, if you are going to be, a laborer that labors more than the rest of them, but still feel I'm the least of them. That's the grace of God. It's not in your head. That's just the grace of God that's at work in your life. One of the key words is, you got nothing to prove to anybody. I don't have anything to prove. They'll like you and they won't like you sometimes. You're great today, tomorrow you're no good. If you depend on that, you're just going to be wasting your time. You focus your mind on pleasing Him and Him alone so that His grace will increase in your life. That's what it is. Nobody else, just, just Him and Him alone. When things are difficult, that's the one to go to. The righteous run into His name. That's where we hide. There was a song way, years back. It says, the warrior is a child. I'm acting up like I really know what I'm doing. But you're back in the secret crying out to God. And then when you come out of the secret, you are like a lion. Because God's taking over. Amen. That's the grace of God. When we receive that. And I talked about some of the wonderful works of grace. First, number one, grace makes us acceptable unto God. In God. In Jesus Christ. That's what grace does. No matter what's going on in your life, God accepts you. Every time you show up, He's ready to welcome you. No matter what you've been doing, when you show up, you're welcome. Jesus said it this way. Everyone who comes to me, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will receive you. Every time you come, there's grace for you. Every time you kneel, there's grace. He's right there with you. You are never rejected because Christ is there with you. So we have been accepted by God in Christ. So no matter what's going on in your life, you are well accepted. If you're out there, that's your own problem. You, you want that. But as soon as you come back home, the Father is running to welcome you back home. Amen. Number two, great provides us with all we need. It tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, God's grace is going to, He's able to make His grace abound in your life so that you have all your needs met. Sometimes it looks like it's not going to be met, but trust God, God can do it. I, I, I read uh, in a Bible college way back in the 1900s, early 1900s, uh, there was this uh, president of the college, small school, 
But nobody had to pay fees. They depended on God for their provision. And uh, from donations from people. And all of a sudden, it seems there was nothing for them. The students had nothing. Professors had nothing. You know, everybody was waiting. Professors gave their time and did something else to teach these students. I really pray that God would give us grace to understand this thing. These people devoted everything to God. They could care less. They gave everything. These professors read the history of the church, especially in the United States, around the time of Azusa Street. Let me let you know this. Azusa Street was not only the place where God was working. There was another place in South Carolina, 1905. I was in that school. Spoke to some of the students. There was already a school, 1905, in South Carolina, where they were praying in tongues and doing all of that stuff. God was moving all over. It's just the ones that we know of. But this was a tiny school, and, and this day, there was nothing, no food. No food, nothing for the students. The president, you know, the president of the university, everybody was together. Everyone was together wondering, what's, what are we going to do now? Close down shop. What are we going to do? But as the president, we'll come into that, spoke to God, God deposited the gift of faith by grace. And he said, students, don't worry about it. Just put your plates out, get your cutleries, and sit by your empty plate and play with it until God does something for us. And and it seems like nothing was happening. And they all got together, sat by their plates, you know, playing and whatever. And then all of a sudden, here comes a truck with all the food that they need. And I felt led to bring you all food. So they ate well. Grace never disappoints. God will always meet your needs. He supplies, he provides for all of our needs. He's able to make his grace abound to us so that we always will have sufficiency and we we don't need anything. God is able to do that for us. And then number three, grace causes us to reign in life. And I talked about Paul how he ruled life. Paul could care less. I mean, this was a guy sitting by fire and a viper got on his hand and the guy shook that viper. I mean, no, he wasn't screaming, ah, look what's viper. I'm going to die. He shook that thing in fire and like no big deal. And the villagers were watching, man, he's going to die. He's going to swallow up. He's going to die. He knew who he was. He was reigning. Amen? Jesus had told him clearly, you pick up serpents, please don't go try that, okay? <laughs> don't tempt God, okay? But if you are beaten, you don't have to die, okay? You can still make it. He shook that thing off and felt no, he wasn't screaming, he wasn't afraid, he knew who he was. And the people thought he's going to die, and then when he waited and he wasn't dying, he said, God, <laughs> He said, God, let's worship him. No, 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 I'm just human like you. I just got Jesus. Amen? He preached to them. He reigned in life. He's a man that decided, I'm not going to die yet. I'm going to be around. Could care less what sickness could do. No accident, he could say that. I am in the streets. I don't know what to choose. I'd like to go to heaven and be with Jesus. That's far better for me. But you guys, you need me because you still need some of the words of grace from my mouth. So uh, I made up my mind. I'm going to be around for a while. And he did. I wonder if we can say that today. 
How can you say that, brother? You don't know tomorrow. That's what we'll say. How can you say that? You're arrogant. But that's what faith speaking. He ruled. He was reigning in life. But the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is still with us. If you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. No matter how bad the situation is, pray. It's just our minds. It sits and floats our minds with all kinds of fears. And the way we deal with those is fast and pray. Amen? Until your mind is clear. And you got peace that passes knowledge. And then watch what God will do. So, grace will cause us to reign in life. And number four, grace has brought us into the family of Abraham. If you don't have understanding, this may not mean a whole lot to you. But God said to Abraham in Genesis 12, He said, through you, Every family on the earth will be blessed. Every family. That's my family. That's your family. And I need you to connect with that, that, that message that God gave to Abraham. Because God was not just speaking to Abraham and the Jews and the Israelites alone. He was speaking about me and you and your family. God, through Abraham, he was looking down on us. In you, every single family of the earth will be blessed. Abraham in the New Testament is regarded as the father of faith. So we all belong to that family by faith. And everyone in Abraham's family is blessed. You can see it from the very beginning. From from Abraham to Isaac. I don't know how much inheritance uh, Abraham left with Isaac. But I know that Abraham, uh, Isaac was in a place where there was a drought. And uh, the Bible says he wanted to go into Egypt. But God says stay in this place. And, 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 and so. And then the Bible also tells us he began to prosper. Genesis 26. He began to prosper. He began to prosper. Not the father's inheritance. He began to prosper. And continued to prosper. Because the blessing of Abraham has come upon him. And when, Jake, when Isaac prayed for Jacob, he prayed for Jacob saying, May the blessing of Abraham, my father, come upon you. They always would do that. Read the scriptures. And before Jacob passed, he laid his hands on all of his kids and spoke over them. All tied to the blessing of Abraham. And the Bible says, we have now become part of this family of Abraham, which is the family of faith. And that family is always blessed. It's a family of faith because Abraham was before the law. So faith was before the law. So it's a family of faith. And if you come into God through faith, you belong to this family. And if you belong to the family, then you are blessed just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're blessed. And God is called your God. God is also called your God. Many times we want to say the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. Yes. But these days, those who understand, uh, they've called the God of my pastor. They call their pastor's name. And God answered the prayer. Yes. Because God is not, he's, he's no different. He was the God of Joseph. 
the same God of David. And he's my God. Amen? He's your God. That's the big difference. Now, Romans chapter 4, verse six, uh, 16 tells us, Therefore, it is of faith. Remember, faith is what releases the power of grace. It is of faith that it might be according to grace. It is of faith so that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure. The promise of blessing, redemption, being redeemed, freed freed from everything, everything that's evil or deadly. I keep saying that. You have been redeemed from everything that's evil or deadly. If anything will diminish your joy, it's evil. If anything will give you concern where you cannot sleep because he gives his beloved sleep. If anything comes into your life that's preventing you from having a good night rest, that's evil. And Jesus has redeemed us from all of that through the power of grace. It is of faith that it might be according to grace. Everything has to be according to grace. And to the praise and glory of His grace. We praise God's grace. Because it's God's grace that brought redemption to us. That freed us, that delivered us from everything that's evil or deadly. It's God's grace. And no one deserves it. But it's given freely. If you just believe the finished works of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. If we can just believe. And it's not hard to believe. I mean, will God keep his word? Will God keep his promise? That's the simple. You think God will tell you, give you a promise and not fulfill his promise? The answer is no. Well, if you believe that, that's faith. That's faith. God cannot lie. He keep whatever. If God tells you I'm going to be there at 6 o'clock, guess what? At 6 is right there. So, if God will keep his promise, that's all he says. He says, let it be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure. When it's of grace, the promise is sure. To all the seed. You, all, how many of the seed? All of them. The promise of blessing The promise of redemption is sure, no doubt, because it's of grace. It's of grace. It's not what you've done. It's not how active you've been in the church. It's of grace. Grace is what makes the promise sure for everyone that's of faith. Everyone. Everyone. So that the promise is sure. To all the seed, all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, because that was before the law, amen? He believed God, and God counted it to him for righteousness. We believe in Jesus, and that was our righteousness. We have the righteousness of God in us, because we believe Christ. He was made sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. 
That's what it tells us. I mean, verse 21. So we understand that. So the, 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 the promise is sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham. Because faith is what brings the grace, the power of grace to be released. And when it's released, nothing can stand in his way. It makes it very sure. Once there is faith, the promise is sure. No doubt about it. Who is the father of us all? So we become part of the family of Abraham. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. It says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And the promise is sure to all the seed. And notice what it says also. And is according to what? The promise. There is something in the scriptures called the promise. You go discover what that is. <laughs> it's called the promise. Amen. It's called the promise. And the Bible keeps talking about the promise. The promise is the promise of a blessing upon everyone who is a part of the kingdom of God. Who is of us, our seed of Abraham. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what God says. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. So that the word of the faith is released in the heart of the people of God. Don't doubt God. If you must doubt anything, doubt your doubts. They are unreliable. Doubt your doubts. But believe what God says that the promise is sure to all the seed. And if you are of faith, then you are Abraham. If you are in Christ, in other words, if you have accepted Christ, you said, Pastor, I want to pray to receive Christ into my life. And you just said that prayer, then you become a part of Abraham's blessing. And that blessing is sure. The blessing is sure. You don't have to look at your background. It doesn't matter if you are in Africa or in Asia. If you believe, the promise is sure. Air according to the promise. Air according to the promise. And I don't want to live this life until I find out what this promise is. And experience it somewhat. Amen. You know... I don't think we fully understand the, the privileges we have. If we do, our attitudes will be very different. And I'm still praying, God, open my mind. I want to know more about the privileges we have and the power God has made available to us. I, I remember in the New Testament Gospels, the Jews, there was a, a centurion that had problem in his home. Maybe seven. The Jews went to Jesus and they said, Now look, uh, uh, you need to heal this child here because he loves our nation. You understand? They were compelling him to do it. He loves our people and he takes care of us. Uh, you, Messiah, you got to do this. When, they say, when that man, the blind man, was saying, Son of David, he's saying, I know you're the Messiah, I need mercy. I got to get it. That's what he's saying. They knew 
the privileges. He is the seed of Abraham. And Jesus made it very clear. This woman that is doubled over, she is the seed of Abraham. Don't matter whether it's Sabbath or not. She's got to be free. Don't matter. Every seed of Abraham cannot be oppressed. But she had been oppressed until that day. When you are a child of Abraham, the law and the curse of the law doesn't have any effect on your life. You are separated from it. You are redeemed from it. Redeemed means to be liberated, set free from it, separated. Say, that curse is over there and you're over here. And there's no bridge between you guys. You can cross over to the other side <laughs> and this cannot come over here. That's called redemption. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, says it very clearly. For Abraham's children, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? What does that mean? Turmoil, hardship, pain, restlessness, fears. Uncertainties, sickness, disease, sin, addictions, painful addictions, behaviors that don't make sense. Everybody can see it, but you can't see it. You know it's wrong, but you don't know what to do about it. You don't feel like there's no way I can be separated from this. Christ has redeemed us from that. Redeemed us from the curse of the law. Haven't become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And then it says, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. In other words, the Jews already had it. We need to have it. And I've said this before. There was a guy, I don't remember, one Ross. You remember Ross? He's a Jewish fellow. And he used to come here. He, he said uh, when he was growing up uh, in their home, you don't ever say a word like, for example, uh, we can, maybe we should help you if you turn out not to be successful in life. Everybody would turn around and say, who said that? Because the Jew believes as long as he's a Jew, he's got to be successful. I'm a Jew. Jews are successful. It's like a curse word in their home. To say something like that in a Jewish home, that in case you don't become successful, if you are a failure in life, it's everybody turns around. Who said that? He said, that's the way he was brought up until he became a Christian. And then they started telling him about how he needs to be poor. <laughs> and have nothing. So when he started coming to our church, that's when he said, I'm glad you are seeing these things because I've been told the other way. <laughs> but in a, when I grew up, we went, that, that was a, a wrong thing to say. I just thought, you know, that that's Christianity is a new covenant. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But that's the way they believe. I'm a child of Abraham. So that the blessings of Abraham may come also upon the Gentiles. That every family on the earth may be blessed like blessed Abraham. Every family. 
Every family. Can I hear you say every family? Every single family. That was God's blessing. Those were God's words to Abraham. And he meant what he said. And if that's not happening, I've got to go to God. God, I know you can't lie. Uh, I'm still waiting for what you said. Amen? You see, what's happening in my life contradicts what's going on in the world. So, uh, one of them has got to go. I know you are not going anywhere, so uh, kick this thing out of my life. Amen? And keep, keep it up. Keep talking to God about it. Remind Him, according to the Scriptures, remind Him of His promises daily. God, this is what you said. And I don't find it. I know you can't lie. So it may be something I'm doing. I must change my mind. Whatever it is, help me. Because what I see in the world and what I'm experiencing don't seem to go together. So God, I'm here to wait on you, please. Until this change, this transformation takes place. I'm going to trust you. Because God's going to do it. And he thought that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Everything again is through faith. The Spirit is what makes everything to come into manifestation in our natural world. That's what we, when it's a promise of the Spirit, that's saying the Spirit of God will bring about the manifestation of God's blessings in your life. In the beginning, there was confusion in the world, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. And then God said, and these things came, the Spirit of God is already is going to be involved. So we have the promise of the Spirit to make sure the blessing of Abraham is fully manifested in our lives. Amen? All we have to do is seek Him. So tonight I want to go into how do we grow in grace. That's going to take another hour. Are we ready? (laughs) How we grow in grace. Sometimes we read scriptures and we go very quickly through it. And uh, we don't stop to think. To grow in God's grace, Paul had so much grace in his life. You know one word that he said, that he mentioned? Revelation. Revelation. There was such an abundant revelation he, that was given to him, more than anybody else. God gave him strong revelation. It was so strong, God figured, if I don't, if I don't, Cause this to happen in his life, he'll get in his head and destroy him. Revelation, that's what made Paul whoever he was. And that was the grace of God. So we're going to be talking about that revelation. And then we're going to be talking about the place of humility for grace. And then the prayer altar. We're going to talk about that. The prayer altar, because that's the place. I'm wondering today how many Christians actually pray. That's where you get grace. If you stay out of your prayer altar, if you get used to it, before long, you know, one thing that you need to understand, we're all humans. The more you stay away from the Word of God, the more you stay away from the house of God, 
the more you stay away from prayer, slowly but surely, you begin to change. And you will know it. You will know it. Satan will make sure you don't even know that you have you been transformed. You are going the other way. Because if you know, he knows you will reverse yourself. Until you get to a place where you're just, you're just going to church. You're just doing things. You don't feel it. It's not there. That's the dangerous place to be. We have to be very careful. You have to develop, and we're coming to this. We'll use scriptures as well. But you have to have a place where you call upon God. And look at your scriptures. From time to time. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about the place of impartation. How important that is. For God's work in our lives. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. That's for next Wednesday. We'll talk about these things in detail. But the good thing is, I can multiply grace in my life. Amen? I can multiply it. God can show you things and give you so much wisdom to know exactly what to do. And I'm not just talking about spiritual things. He can give you divine wisdom for manufacturing or business. But it's got to be through a time with him. I've often said this here, Solomon was not born with wisdom. He himself said, God, I, I don't have it. And in one night, God delivered wisdom to him. And that transformed his life and everything around him. Everything was transformed by that one encounter he had with God. One night, just one night. Everything in Israel changed. Everything around him, his family, everything was transformed. But just that one night. Because he says Solomon loved the Lord. And he sought God. And so God brought all those things. Tonight is your night. Amen. Tonight is your night. You know what, I, what you do is tell God, I need your help. I don't have a prayer life. God, could you help me with that? The prayer has gone up to heaven. And God will hear you. And then the, the pulling to do that will come. Because it's all by grace. If you speak it out to God, He hears. And the answer is coming down to you today. So whatever you need from God tonight, could you talk to Him about it so that more grace is applied to your life? Because that's one way to receive grace. To ask God for more grace so that you can have help in whatever area you need help. Father God, we thank you. Lord, I come against every spiritual force that's against everyone hearing my voice tonight that's against their lives to destroy or to distract, to take away, to suppress, to oppress. In the name of Jesus, I command these forces to be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And I command release and redemption right now, separation from everything that's evil, everything that's deadly. Lord, in the name of Jesus, they are out and lifted from your people right now by the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, your people are blessed according to your word. They are in Christ and they are Abraham's 
seed and they promise to them is sure according to your word. So let the answers, the manifestation of your promise to them because you are a God that cannot lie. Let them receive right now the manifestations of your blessings upon their lives according to your word in Jesus' name. Let there be more freedom, more peace, freedom from everything that's evil, from everything that's deadly. Thank you, Father. Lord, we do enter into your rest tonight. We enter into the rest of our, the living God. You said, come unto me, all who labor, and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Tonight we are coming, we have come, and Lord, tonight we are receiving the rest of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, because you promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. We know you are with us. We have life because you are alive forevermore. We give you praise tonight in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless